Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, uh, there have been reports uh, in media in uh, recent days uh, that women on the pill are less likely to develop serious coronavirus. Uh, This is analysis of more than half a million women during May and June by King's College in London. And it's identified the crucial role of oestrogen in protecting against COVID-19. Now, uh, two uh, good friends of the Limerick Today show are uh, local GPs, uh, Dr Yvonne Williams and Dr... Dr. Ray O'Connor, and you're both uh, welcome. Um, Ray, how much store can we put in uh, this study, do you think? I'd be a bit sceptical as yet, Joe. It's an observational study. Um, it's preprint, which means that it hasn't been peer-reviewed, and uh, the actual publication states quite clearly that it should not be used to guide clinical practice. Um, it's basically... Um, an observation of uh, people taking um, the, uh, the using what they call the COVID tracker, um, which is something that they use in the UK, which probably makes them a fairly unique population anyway. Um, the observations were from May to June, the 7th of May to the 15th of June, and it was on self-reported symptoms. Um, it was adjusted for age and smoking and weight, but wasn't adjusted for things like comorbidities, diabetes, chronic bronchitis, kidney failure, people taking other drugs like immunosuppressants. Um, and they're very, uh, also they, they didn't show that women taking estrogen, for example, in the HRT, in the form of HRT, received protection the results were inconsistent. Um, I'd remind you, Joe, that uh, 20 years ago, uh, we thought that HRT protected people from heart attacks by up to 50%. Uh, because of observational studies that were flawed. Um, and in fact, when proper studies were done, it was found that HRT actually increased the risk of heart attack. So observational studies, um, basically an observation study is where you just look at something happening and you associate one thing with another. And there's a great phrase in medicine that association does not imply causation. So, you know, if you and me are in a race and you're wearing a blue jumper and I'm wearing a green jumper and you win the race, well, if I say, well, you won the race because you were wearing a green jumper, it's an association, but it probably isn't a correlation. You probably right. won it because you were fitter, etc. And, and Yvonne, I mean, is it the case that um, women appear at certain ages to be more resilient to coronavirus than men in the same age group? Well, I think the difference, I suppose, between Ireland and the UK, the, this study was based on the premise that more men were getting um, COVID-19 than women, which is the case in England and Wales. But that actually doesn't reflect what's happened here in Ireland, where we've had about 15,000 uh, women and about you know, under 12,000 men. Um, Oestrogen may be protective, but as, as Ray explained, this isn't a really, um, it isn't a particularly good study in that it's an interesting observation, but, but you couldn't treat the results as, as fact. And we do know that coronavirus, I suppose, is one of these kind of clotting viruses. It does seem to cause lots of little clots. And that's one of the problems with, I suppose, HRT and the combined pills. So I think a much um, more rigorous or much more scientific study would need to be done before we'd be uh, changing any of our practice based on the study that we have, you know, Mm -hmm. reported. 
The other thing I find that confuses me a little bit is um, it seems that every time an expert pops up, they have a different view on the progress of a vaccine for COVID-19. I heard one expert last week saying that uh, it could be years away and one this morning saying, oh, there's loads of them being looked at and, you know, I'd be much more confident we'll see a vaccine quite quickly. Yeah, I think, look, doctors will always differ, experts will differ, and people have a natural level of of pessimism and optimism. So those of us who are more optimistic would hope that we'd have a vaccine next year. Um, Other people are more cautious. I don't think the world has ever tried so hard to get a vaccine for anything as as they are trying at the moment. And there's so many different companies and different scientists working on it and so much money being pumped into it that we can't really compare this search for a vaccine to, to anything else that has gone before. You know, there's 20 million cases now worldwide, the WHO said yesterday. So... Everyone, even in terms of the economy, every government has a a major interest in getting a vaccine quickly. We just need it to be safe as well. Mm. We're chatting to local GPs, Dr. Yvonne Williams and Dr. Ray O'Connor. And uh, Ray uh, also lectures out at uh, the UL Graduate Medical School. Um, Ray, how worried are you now about the increase in cases? I mean, unfortunately, we've seen over the last fortnight a significant increase in cases in Limerick and Clare, not to mind what's happening in the three counties that are in lockdown. Yeah, well, look. I mean, I think it serves as a stark reminder that we can't be complacent. I mean, this virus is on fire worldwide and spreading, you know, quite briskly worldwide. Um, We managed to slow down the spread by, you know, doing the basic things and it's boring, but you have to go back and say, you know, things like social distancing, cough etiquette, don't go out if you're feeling sick, etc. All of those boring things, but they're really so important. And as Yvonne said, like the you know the search for a virus is going or for a vaccine is going on. Um, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't be worried in the sense that I mean there are reports this morning, for example, that um, the rates in those counties are now uh, reducing. And you know, I think it's been shown quite clearly that if you do um, reinforce what people should be doing, um, now none of us want to see the lockdown. But if it is reinforced, and then if you look at uh, areas where there are outbreaks, like in the meat factories, and tackle that. That you know, it does actually um, stop the the spread or reduce the spread. But I think you know, it's just very important to emphasise the fact that we can't have complacency. Yeah, but the only thing is that the disruption to the lives of people, hundreds of thousands of people in those three counties, is horrendous, and it'll be for at least two weeks uh, and yeah. the, the risk for the Midwest for example because unfortunately the size of Ireland suggests that they will introduce regional lockdowns rather than county by county lockdowns or, or lockdowns within counties uh, means that we could face the same thing Well we could so people just need to be very very careful and be sensible um, and I think it serves as a very stark warning like everybody just assumed that you know things would just going as they were and we give out but remember this virus kills people and not only kills people but you know there's a thing called slow COVID um, again we don't know very much about this but you know it, it, uh, case reports are appearing where people get the virus and remain very sick for very long periods afterwards um, you know tiredness you know fatigue poor energy breathlessness all of that kind of thing so you know it is a serious condition and we don't have a treatment um, if you're very, very sick, maybe, you know, maybe remdesivir and maybe um, steroids 
and Yvonne, as Yvonne said quite uh, accurately, um, um, it's a clotty virus. So anticoagulants are being tried again in the form of clinical trials where people have severe, overwhelming disease. But we don't have a cure and we don't have a vaccine. So in that situation, prevention is the only option. And right. that's to do the things we're being advocated or the consequences will be much, much worse. Yeah. Um, a, economical consequences, as you said, but B, um, widespread infection with overwhelming of our uh, healthcare system. Yeah, we're chatting to local GPs, Dr. Ray O'Connor and Dr. Yvonne Williams. And one thing we do have uh, a vaccine for um, on a seasonal basis is the flu, Yvonne. And uh, there is significant pressure on uh, to ensure that many more thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, around the country get the flu vaccine this winter to ensure that you don't, if you can avoid it, have two significant surges, the flu which we're all aware of, and COVID-19, because we haven't experienced a winter in Ireland yet, uh, with those two side by side. But how big a task is that going to be, especially for GPs? I think it's going to be monumental. And I suppose there's two reasons we want everybody to, to take the flu vaccine if you're in an at-risk group particularly, and also for children. One is so that you don't get sick, but also everybody with a temperature is going to be referred for a, a COVID test unless we have a you know, a definite idea that it's it's another condition. So if you come with a, a runny nose, maybe sneezing and a high temperature that started over a day or two, it's going to mean a COVID test for you. It's going to mean that you have to isolate at home until you get results. It will have implications for the rest of the family, maybe who can go to school, who can go to work and so on. So if we can eliminate the flu by having a high level of uptake on the vaccine this year, that's going to take huge pressure off the COVID testing and treating service as well and off GP surgeries and off our really um, our hospital in, in Limerick, which is really under pressure, you know, continuously year after year. So that's important. How it's going to be delivered, who's going to do it, how it's going to be funded and where the PPE um, for, for bringing in these uh, children if they need to get the nasal vaccine because you're going to have to be very up close to, to give a nasal vaccine to children. That has yet to be agreed and decided but GPs and practice nurses are, are struggling at the moment. Everybody is working extra hours every day. We're still playing catch-up with the, the backlog from when the hospitals and all the routine surgeries stopped. Um, and for those couple of months of lockdown, people didn't come in with a, a lot of serious issues and, and we're still trying to catch up dealing with all those problems as well as our normal, our normal week's work. So it's very hard to see... Uh, literally when we would physically have the time to do it um, and how that's going to come about. We're waiting for clarity from the government um, and from the IMO on that. Yeah, and just one other question Amy is asking here. Um, if you have been in close contact with someone who has been diagnosed with COVID-19, do you need a test even if you have no symptoms, Yvonne? Absolutely. Yeah, if you're a close contact and you should be contacted by public health if you are a close contact or if you get a message on your app. Um, as some of my patients had this morning saying you are a close contact, you will be contacted by public health. You need to be tested. If you don't hear from them, you can ring your GP to, to double check. Is there anything else you need to do? And if you start to get symptoms, absolutely contact your GP. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time. I know you're both really busy these days, so we appreciate it. Uh, that is uh, local GP Dr. Yvonne Williams and uh, also GP Dr. Ray O'Connor, uh, who's a lecturer too at uh, the UL Graduate Medical School. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.